Flag Sports Saturday is on the air. I'm daring to be great right now. Your chance to sound off. Listen to the games mainly on the radio, and uh, you guys are great. I love it. Join the show anytime, 701-271-1100. How cool is this? Or you can drop us a line, studio at flagfamily.com. Pump it in there, baby. It's time to talk sports. Yes, yes, yes. Here on Flag Sports Saturday. Good morning and welcome to Flag Sports Saturday. Big game, James McCarty alongside Jace Denman. And I think we're going to keep one of the hockey guys around this morning because I heard some banter and I thought we, you we, should, we should get are, involved. You know what? I don't even think it's that. I think you just seem, seem to think that because they lost a game last night in your Golden Goofers, uh, I don't even know. Did they play? Well, did, they even, the did they even the, play last night? The I Gophers mean, came from behind and they did what the NCAA loves and they, they tied. Uh, they tied with Notre Dame. 24.3 seconds on the board, but who's watching highlights, right? <laughs> it's almost like you watched the game. Didn't watch the game. I looked well, for it, but it wasn't on. Oh, man. So I did That's because nobody uh, cares. I did watch a little bit of Duluth and Omaha, and that was also a really good college hockey game. So so, so is Duluth, are they starting to kind of get their footing under them at this point in the season? I know with Sandalin, early on in the year, Eddie, they, they had a tough start to the year, but some of that could have been some inexperience and, and getting guys filled into new roles. You know, it's it's college hockey. You come in, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up. I would be less concerned if I were Scott Sandlin and Brad Berry than if I'm Bob Motzko or your coach at Michigan. Why would I say that? A little bit more pressure on the season at this point, or when you have the talent that Michigan and Minnesota had, and you're losing games within your division coming into the second half of the season, mm-hmm. there's a great big old red button that's looking for a nuclear alarm to say, okay, guys, wake up. Now, on the backside, when you're playing tight games in the NCHC or in the Big Ten and you're not getting beat by five or six goals, a whole difference. I was shocked this morning, and I'll share that with you. Uh, Dean Wilson and I were talking this week, and you know, you say, okay, where's goaltending? I was shocked when uh, Coach Pat Michigan... Fershweiler, threw out that his goalie is number two or their team is number two in goals against average. The number one goals against average team in college hockey going into Friday night was North Dakota. But what do all the fans think North Dakota's lacking? Uh, You hear a lot about the goaltending now, don't you? Now think about that, right? So is North Dakota playing tight games, low scoring? I think that's playoff hockey. You're watching Michigan and Minnesota have their, we call these the ups and downs, right? One night you yeah. score nine, and the next night you can't beat an Notre Dame team. So maybe maybe the game of, maybe, maybe the game of hockey is a little bit goofier than people perceive it to be, right? It definitely is. The, the Gophers tied two apiece with Notre Dame last night, and I believe puck drop is five tonight as they try and win the, the weekend series to some extent. But UND, that, that's the one that I had a, a quick question for you on. Is you, see the, you see the score last night against, what, that number 12-ranked Western Michigan the final was four to zero. Doctor Phil says, "Hey, you know what? It uh, it was a closer game than than it actually looked as though on paper." And he 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 just told me it was it was hot goaltending. I mean, is that essentially the case for what happened at the Ralph last night? When your college coaches know what goals against averages are coming into the weekend, he had to have told his goalie, "This is your chance for us to leapfrog North Dakota." So his goaltender now. 
It wasn't that many weekends ago that North Dakota went in and shut out Michigan on a Friday-Saturday tilt in Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. So now welcome to the NCHC, right? <laughs> exactly. Or welcome to Big Ten. Welcome, welcome to major college hockey where the, the, coaches, the coaches have so much analytical data mm-hmm. at their disposal that they can pretty much tap any button to get the players to understand which part of the game. So I really, I really believe that last year, Western Michigan, last couple of years, their goaltending has been their backstop. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, they're, they're a mature, old, experienced, confident team. So it's, it's going to be a fun second half of the season in the NCHC. So the, the last thing that I have, and then we'll get to the scoreboard, we'll let you off for, for the morning, Eddie, is UND. They're currently nine, nine, and four after last night. When it comes to looking at the the national tournament a couple months out, still you still have some time. But should there be any concerns, whether you're a fan or or somebody of that sorts that that is pulling for UND to say, hey, you guys got to kick it into gear in a hurry here if you want to try and make the national tournament, barring of course winning the NCHC tournament in a couple months. Yeah, and I'll back up. Ultimately. When you're playing every weekend, like it's your final night or your final weekend, you start pressing. Yeah, that's tough. But but also, right now, there's probably not many teams that if you said, let's move into tournament play, there's prob- probably not many college teams that want to see North Dakota or Duluth because they just know, have a little bit of a tick. The challenge, I think, is for those M&Ms. They, were, they are sitting now where they have to figure out some common things, which I think North Dakota's got to look at lines, but last night in the middle of a hockey game, Coach Mosco starts changing lines. So now what is he telling his players? You're, you're supposed to be on the top of the league and you're starting to try to figure out who plays together. Now, now you have yeah, that you got dynamic. a chemistry issue to an extent. So, hey, the boss is in. Yeah, yeah I, we smart, ruffled feathers up hey, hold start, on. Hold on, you should gophers. see this. I've, I've got a North Dakota hat on over here on the left side. And over to the right, we've got a – is that a Crookston? Oh, no, it – Oh, it says, it says, it says the, Gophers. I thought that's a capital it, I thought M it was, over there. I thought Come it was on. a capital M. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I'm hearing things right. <laughs> because what I think I heard you just say, Ed, was that if I was Bob Motzko, I'd be more worried about my team than Brad Berry. Did I just hear you say that? That's what you heard me say. And, again, just think about that because oh, yeah, it's, it's tough to play from the top. <laughs> It's tough to play from the top. It, it's easier to come up. And again, you guys are fans of sports. The, the, the number one team doesn't win the World Series. The number one team doesn't necessarily win the NFL. That little chip, that little deal. So what are you preparing for? Now, North Dakota, Duluth, St. Cloud, those guys are all playing to play their way in. A lot of teams look for the automatic bid. Some of them already uh, have it. The hockey minds around the country have Minnesota at two in the poll this week. After a couple games with third-ranked St. Cloud last week, split home and home, probably about what you'd think would happen there. Um, I like Brad Berry a lot. I think he's a good man and a good coach, but his team is 500 right now. And they ju- you just lost 4 nothing at home last night to a good team. But UND, who's got the pick of whoever they want to come in out of the get-go and then the pick of whoever they want in the portal, I just, look, it, did Minnesota play a perfect game last night? No. Have they been perfect the last month? No. 
but they're 16 and 6 I think at this point and their losses have been generally to teams that are decent they lost in the shootout last night but generally that goes down as a tie thank you NCAA yeah question mark I'm just not sure how you come up with Minnesota has more to be worried about right now than than Notre Dame does or than uh, than UND does when you take a look and again just throw at you Minnesota should be blowing every team out by five goals on paper. Yeah, but it doesn't work that way. You know that. Oh, that's why. Yeah. So now, you go on the road. Everybody so now, you're so playing now, now is so their now Super Bowl. It, so now it comes down to locker room, right? So now it comes down to locker room. So which which team's locker room is going to fix itself and have a run to the NCAA Final Four? Well, I would I would ask who has more fixing to do if you're if you want to talk about the programs. I don't anyway, know. I, I, don't, yeah. I said what I came in to say. <laughs> no, I just budge in whatever you want. Sorry. I don't agree with that. This wait, is my wait, thought. Wait, I'm, I'm going to throw Drop this at you that, 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 I, that I like to have a little fun. <laughs> if you have a coach that's won one and you have one that hasn't, which coach would you have confidence in? Depends I, I, on what, what kind of team I, I would have. I would say this, though, Eddie. I do think that North Dakota is in a spot where – if they get hot and they get into the playoffs, obviously they're a team you're not going to want to face. But but you're getting to a point where you need to start, you know, stockpiling wins and and, and you know piggybacking win after win to get that momentum to get into the tournament. Because obviously with the the NCAA, you know, you have to be at sick top sixteen the pairwise if you're not getting that automatic bid. And again, I'll throw out North Dakota needs to find offense. Yeah, and they haven't had it. But if they find it, be careful. And again. You can call it what you want, but sometimes puck luck is real. <laughs> so you just have to take a look and say, okay. What? But but again, you, you don't throw this. They're not throwing the season away at nine and nine. No, yeah. definitely not. But all right, you boys, take it easy. Thanks, all right. hey, thanks, thanks Steve. for coming in. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I, I, was, I thought I you said five minutes, those. and geez, I we, did, just hey, that, we just turned that. Well, into did you 10. see the dead sprint? Steve came in on here. It's, it's this whole green and maroon. You know, we we got to have this cojones match. Is what it is. <laughs> Who's got the bigger ones this morning? Then I just turned into a mediator. Of, I know because I some can't us, show too much bias. Some of us are winners. <laughs> <laughs> He waits until Steve. <laughs> the, the delay right now is going to get that as he sits in his chair. I want to see. I want to see if he runs back. In. <laughs> oh man, we're just going to turn into like a a, a warm up to, to. Well, there goes breakfast. Yeah, well, Eddie, Eddie just steals it. Hey, real quick, we got three minutes left in the in this segment. We got to rip through the the Saturday morning scoreboard for you. Presented by CRI Apparel, your number one source for corporate, collegiate, and resort apparel. Thank you, Eddie, for for jumping in for a few minutes this morning. Fun to be here. Thanks. Awesome. As uh, you look at the the Sony, let me make sure I pronounce this right. It, it's it's golf, so it's another one of those great. And this actually is pretty simple. Sony Open in Hawaii. Oh, through two Man, rounds. That, that's got to be really rough yeah. for Tom Hoagie to be there in Hawaii playing golf at this time of year instead, Chris, of, instead of North Dakota. Exactly. Chris Kirk leads it right now at eleven under par. Taylor Montgomery and JJ Spawn are tied for second at ten under par apiece. Tom Hoagie has himself positioned. At two under par, just edged out on the cut, tied for 58th, and he actually tees. They don't have his time right now. I'll figure it out in a little bit. I, I, that, that's what I get for apparently not going into full research mode 10 seconds what ago. What were you doing for the last hour? If I'm being honest, I was listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> and watching you weren't even listening Center. to our song. Or well, our I show. was. It was in the background. I, I had that up, too. The Wolves took down the Phoenix Suns 121 
116. We'll get to that a little bit. That uh, may, that make, in a sense, that makes no sense. I know Phoenix is injured, but it makes no sense. Well, it was a rough eight minutes, to say to say the least, to end up the game. Yeah, uh, okay. 31 points from Ant uh, to lead the way. Oh, you're welcome. I didn't watch the game. That's why they won. Thank you. And the, the Wolves host the Cavs and Donovan Mitchell at 7 o'clock tonight. Ooh. MSUM, the man, they edged out Southwest Minnesota State. 77-75. They were down by a point at the end of the first half, and they were able to come out with a victory. Lorenzo McGee, 19 points, 8 rebounds. Gavin Bumgartner right on his coattail with 18 points, 9 assists, and 6 rebounds right there. Kind of flirting almost to an extent with a triple-double. The ladies, they fell to Southwest Minnesota State, though. 82-75. Leading the way was a double-double with 20 points, 10 rebounds. She also had 3 blocks, the way of Peyton Boom. The men and women each square off of Sioux Falls. The ladies at 3.30, the men at 5.30. Tonight, as you look at high school basketball, you had Cheyenne and boys or girls taking down North 76-55. Shanley over Horace 60-56. West Fargo over South 90-41. And Davies rounds out the ladies with a two-pointer, 82-52 over Wapton. That's for the boys, a two-point victory for West Fargo over South 79-77. Shanley over Horace 70-52. North takes down Cheyenne at Holmes, 81-66, to and Davies in a two-pointer over Wapiton, 85-51. to The Wild against the Coyotes tonight at 7 o'clock. They'll be home. The Force, they the won 6-3 over the Stampede, and I believe 7-0-5 is puck drop once again. And as you know, the college hockey shenanigans the hockey guys gave for you. UND falls to Western Michigan, 4-0. The Gophers... Technically, Tyler Notre Dame at two apiece, but they lose in a shootout. Yes, it was regardless, a loss. It was a loss. It, regardless, both have a chance to rebound to, to wrap up their weekends here this evening at uh, what six oh seven at the Ralph, and then five o'clock for the Gophers at Notre Dame. We're coming back. Pick six. You're listening to Flag Sports Saturday on WDAY Radio and the Flag. Welcome back to Flag Sports Saturday. Big game. James McCarty alongside Jay Stammen and. Supposed thank you to to the president Steve Hallstrom and and one of the hockey guys Eddie Christian for starting off the show with a bang this morning. I was going to say a little that. little debate. <clears throat> going to be a fist fight out there. Yeah, and I'll, honestly, we maybe we should have a hall monitor out there, <laughs> <laughs> making sure nothing too too bad transpires. You guys good out there, bro? Oh man, dude, I, it was it was really funny though to me, and I, I wish one day we're going to get these cameras rolling. Mm-hmm. Because could you imagine being the viewer? And, you know, you just hear hear me open it up real quick. Hey, good morning, Jason. Yada, yada, you do your quick 10-second second spiel. And I'm like, well, the ho- I just had that couple of questions for the hockey guys. Because yeah. I, I wanted to make sure that I was educated before I spoke on on those couple of games. I didn't you have a chance to watch. You just wanted to give him crap about you. Well, I was, I was really curious, in all honesty, <laughs> uh, on that game. I, I wanted to know if it was just bad puck luck or if it was because like dr phil johnson said it i was haven't really had a good puck luck in a long time really <laughs> getting hungry oh you really, said puck luck my bad no, yeah sorry. really good goaltending for western michigan which is something that i mean over well, the last three four years of us knowing the guys yeah that's what they've said western michigan the only thing that they can't do is goaltend and they've started finding it this year and they find themselves flirting with the top 10 at number 12 yeah they had uh, i think their goalie saved all 25 shots uh western michigan had 27 obviously they they stopped 23 of them uh dr phil said last night cause i think he went to the game and he said a lot of those shots i have seen it with the fargo force which we got a chance to talk to head coach chest nick protector shots. yeah it's just you're aiming i mean you're trying to you know put it in different spots but sometimes all you can do is really just get a shot on net and it just keeps it's hit. almost like you're too accurate. Well, you're, to just, an you're just 
you're just sh- shooting the puck and it's just hitting the uh, uh, the goaltender right in the chest. You're not getting any deflections. Maybe you're not getting a, a, a you know your big say. Normally, you want your big center in front of it to be able to redirect it to 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 shield the goalie so he can't get a good look at the puck coming at him. But you know, sometimes that happens. I just know last week as an example, Fargo lost five nothing on, on the road in Lincoln. The next night, they bounced back and. Unfortunately, they did lose 3-2, to two, but it was a much uh, more competitive game. So Dr. Phil said it was a really good game. It wasn't like a really one-sided uh, affair. It was just they had better goaltending last night. And so my, my last kind of quick little little comment on, on what transpired in segment one, for the reason I wish the cameras were on for the viewer, <laughs> is because so you, you get all that going, and then you have you know Eddie from the hockey guys. He's got his nice mill. Milwaukee cooler he has with his beverages in it at eight in the morning on a Saturday, and I'm okay with that. I love yeah. it. I love the, the the commitment that he has for it. He's got his UND hat on, his big baggy sweatshirt, and he's trying to act all macho. <laughs> and then as as he makes one comment to a question I have, you have the president Steve come just squealing in here in his his big baggy Concordia College sweatshirt and his gopher hat, and he puffs out his chest too. And then all of a sudden, the two of you and I, who are the host and co-host of the show are just incidentally turned into mediators for 10 minutes over over a college hockey game. And keep in mind, one team lost 4-0 last night. The other one lost in a shootout last night. Yeah. So it's not like there was a lot to brag about from a Friday evening in college hockey locally for any fans. No, and I was just like, uh, it was one of those ones where you're like, can we have our show back, please? <laughs> we got things to talk I about. Mean, I mean, I, got- enc- I encouraged it, but I didn't think that we would. You, you didn't encourage it that much, so... <laughs> Uh, but no, we need to get to, to this week's pick six. Go to WDAYRadioNow.com. Click on the hot links. Uh, click on the uh, pick six. Yes, sir. Uh, get it clicked in. Uh, get your uh, name, email, phone number. Uh, and then you've got your six games, James, which we have only got a couple minutes to go through, so we can't get too far. I mean, far it should only for you, or for the, for the listener who who wants to enter, it should only take you about sixty seconds, maybe yeah. ninety at the most. I second guess myself. In, in although, all honesty, although they're all NFL games this week, exactly. With so mean. some of them, I think super wild card weekend. Some of them, I think, are 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 in a sense the easy ones: Seattle at San Francisco, Miami at Buffalo. Baltimore at Cincinnati. The thing um, is, those three, I know that you weren't saying specifically they're the easy ones, maybe. I think they're easier you, ones to pick. But they're I, divisional I, games still. Yes. So you look and you go, okay, well, there's a guy injured. Well, we don't but it's ha- still a divisional we don't game. Ha- we them. don't have to give scores. So, I mean, exactly. I'm, myself, so, I'm picking Niners, Bills, and Bengals in those three to start off with. Okay. Yep. Okay. And, and if you do enter, you have a chance to win a $25 gift certificate to Fargo Billiards and Gastropubs. So it's... Well worth your there ninety you seconds worth of effort on a Saturday morning. The one, the first one, I, I'm not quite sure on. It could go either way. Uh, what is your pick for Chargers at Jags? Okay, and uh, real quick, you yeah. have to have your pick in by three twenty nine this afternoon. Oh, before the first That's, game. Yep, before the first game starts. Gotcha. So I'm in agreement with you. Game one, I have Niners over the Seahawks. I have Bills over the Dolphins. I have mm-hmm. Bengals over the Ravens, which yep. happen to all be home teams. Yes. And then Chargers, you look at Jags. game four, like you're saying, Chargers Jags. You look. Week three, the Jags dismantled them right. on the road, thirty-eight to ten. Two different teams now. Mm-hmm. The Jags weren't necessarily they weren't playing they well, weren't playing at, that well at that point. That was the what they, they ended up losing six straight, I think, after that win. They were three. Five they straight. were three and seven at one point. They finished the year nine and eight, so they've won six out of their last seven. Yeah, so they've played really good ball. Trevor Lawrence is a guy who I really truly thought is was going to be a franchise piece, and he went from worst. 
to division champion in a legitimate 12 months. Right. Which is something that Andrew Luck has done, mm-hmm. maybe Peyton Manning. There's only three or four guys that have went worst to first within a division. Like, like in that in that aspect, I'm going Jags in it. I am. I, I'm taking the home team. I'm getting the hot hand. And as much as I love the Chargers, how high-flying they can be, I really think Jags. I feel like I'm leaning towards the Jags, but I will go opposite you just to be different, and I'm picking the Chargers in that one. Hey, there we it's go. It's going to be a close game. That's a toss-up. Game number five, <laughs> Cowboys at the Bucks. That's the Monday night game. The Cowboys have been high-flying all year. The Bucks have been trying to find their footing. The difference is, I, regardless of how the teams look, I trust Tom Brady in the playoffs more than I trust the Cowboys Dak at this Prescott, point yeah. with how Dak leads the, or is tied for the league leading interceptions, and he's missed a month of the season. So I'm going Bucks in that one. It, it could get kind of ugly, you know, 24-20 or something like that, but I think the Bucks can get it done. I'm reluctantly picking my guys, the Bucks, because I just am not sure. And then the last 45 seconds, James, Vikings hosting the Giants in a rematch of a five-point game. Pick six, game of the week for you. Like you said, the Vikings, a franchise record 61-yard field goal to win on Christmas Eve last time and, and take down the Giants. I'm going a very similar score to last time, but I'm going to give the Vikings a little bit more Cushion as they take down the Giants, in my opinion, 27-21. to 21. Mm, I'll go, I'll Still a one-score game. I will go Vikings, and I'll go 30-20. to 20. Oh, there we go. Two-score game. Yeah. You haven't been watching the games much this year, have you? Well, it's going to happen sooner or later. At some point, it has to, right? Hey, well, thank you, and go, go check that out, WDAYRadioNow.com. Click on the hot links. When we come back, Wild Card Weekend Preview. You're listening to Flag Sports Saturday. Welcome back to Flag Sports Saturday, presented by Michelob Ultra. Big game, James McCarty, alongside Jason Denman. And what better than to get yourself a, a case of Mick Ultra here this morning after the show, going into Football Saturday? I, I always chuckle at our sponsors because, you know, during the week when it's time after, you know, because we're talking to people in the prime time after work. You might want to. 7 30 at night on a Tuesday. You, might, where, <laughs> you need an energy drink to get up and stay up the rest of the night rather than a nice, tall, cool Michelob Ultra. And here we are at 9 o'clock in the morning. You know what? Start your weekend off right. Get a 12 pack of uh, Michelob Ultra. Get a little tipsy. You can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. Hey, it's, it's the truest statement I've heard all day. <laughs> It's the truest thing you've uh, said to me in months, honestly. Well, you know, I eventually I'll tell you something. At some point, you're like, you know, I should I should probably stop fibbing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, there you go. You know what? NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. There's going to be a pair of teams that think they're too good to participate in it. That happens to be the top seed out of both conferences: the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, here's here's my whole thing. I was so going to say that I got quick, some the, comments on those two teams. These these two teams think that they're too good to play like every other playoff team. Good for them, but you better watch out next week, boys. Well, first things first, the, the Eagles. Uh, they shot off to, what, a 12-1, and 13-1 start to the season? Yeah, yeah, around there. Uh, they finished the year at, what, 14-3? and three? They lost the last two, I thought, or was it two of the last three? They, they won their last game of the season against, uh, I forgot who they played. It was so they were 13-1 and one then, yeah. and they finished 14-3. 14 and three. Yeah. Now, losing two out of three is one thing, but uh, Jalen Hurts was hurt. And uh, so Jalen did Hurts that uh, himself. Yes. Uh, but I just but at, I just feel like Philadelphia is they're kind of in a similar situation as uh, they were in a sense with the Carson Wentz, Nick Foles uh, time period. Although their backup, Gardner Minshew, is not Nick Foles. 
I don't really have any faith in Gardner Minshew if he has to come in with, you know, if Jalen Hurts re-aggravates an injury next weekend, that he can lead them to the Super Bowl as a champion. I just don't really feel that right now. I like the dude. I like his character. I like the way he kind of, you know, I guess you'd say presents himself. But uh, do I have faith in him as to lead the Eagles to the Super Bowl? No. Um, I sort of feel, I say that because I feel like once the team's kind of figure out how to defend Jalen Hurts. And now it, it was in different scenarios, but I know the Bucks have played the Eagles um, twice over the last couple seasons. And if they're able to win this week, and they'd have to play him again. But I think they kind of um, slowed Jalen Hurts down. Now he's on a hot streak right now, which is, you know, in a sense, eerily similar to when Carson Wentz was on a hot streak with the Eagles at the beginning of his career as well. Mm-hmm. So... I just I don't have a ton of faith in them being the Super Bowl champion. Although all they got to do is win two home games and they're there. Exactly. And and, and the team that they be playing in the second round is probably going to be the. It should be. I don't know if they do the reseeding anymore, but it should be the winner of Tampa and Dallas. Yep. Yep. And then on the other side of the of the bracket, the AFC. I kind of sort of think the best two teams in that in that conference are stuck at uh, the second and third seed. I mean, there's part of me that I don't really think that the Chiefs deserve the number one overall seed because that game got canceled. So if that game got canceled between Buffalo and Cincinnati and Buffalo comes back and wins, then they're the one seed and Kansas City's two. If Cincinnati wins, um, I believe they have the same record as Kansas City, correct? And yeah. and, then yep. if, and then if they have that, they have the tiebreaker against Kansas City as well. So in my opinion, they... I don't know if they needed to do something stupid like a coin flip where they should have just said Buffalo had a better record than Cincinnati prior to that game and without that game, that Buffalo should have been one, Kansas City two, Cincinnati three. But I, I just think Kansas City should not have been the number one seed. They were going to be the number two seed, I think, however it played out. Yeah, it's it, it was just such a tough situation with everything that, I, I that was transpiring. That. Regardless, when, when, just looking at what we do have yeah. with it, and, and so like you said, you have – for, let, let's go NFC here here quick first. And, and if you, you would like to, to be a part of the conversation, by all means, you can always call or email in to us and, and make sure that you're a part of it as well. Studio line is 701-293-9000 or email in at studio at wdayradionow.com, both of which could get you on the show and a part of the conversation here. You have Saturday or this afternoon at 3.30 on Fox, the Niners and Seahawks. And this is a game where the Niners are obviously favored. It's a game that they should win. Yes. But you look at it, and the Niners now are down to their third-string quarterback who's a rookie, who's mystery-irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Is hasn't Isn't he 6-0, and though? He is. Because it's not – honestly – My my question is for okay. you, and the same thing is going to happen on the other side because Geno Smith hasn't played in a playoff game either. But he's been around the block for a decade now of the league, right? He actually broke the passing yards record in a single season. That for was this, previously for the Seahawks. For the Seahawks, yep. That was previously held by Russell Wilson. So he, he's gotten hot as well with, what, a 9-8 and eight Seahawks squad. Mm-hmm. But you have the Niners playing so well defensively. Yes. Is this a game that can come down to more quarterback play than we're going to give it credit for with how well these two defenses have played the majority of the season? Um, I I mean, there's a possibility it comes down to be like a one-score game. but And in that I, same I, question then, <laughs> the you have a decade of experience with Geno Smith even though there's not playoff success versus... Yeah. Brock Purdy, who's played less than half a season. Right. And I think Geno Smith has been more integral to the Seahawks' success than than we probably give him credit for, but the Seahawks are only 9-8. and eight. The, the 49ers are, what, 13-4? and four? Yes. 
Um, Brock Purdy, if you look at them, their team, uh, you know, you had Jimmy G last year as their starting quarterback. You want to go full Trey Lance, and of course he tears up his ankle on that kind of a dumb design run play that I don't think they should need to be forcing Trey into doing that all the time. That's a different story. Uh, but then you go back to Jimmy G because he's there, he's still on your roster, and he plays well. But I've felt uh, for a number of years now, Jimmy seems to be more of a game manager than anything. And so you bring in Brock Purdy, who's a little bit younger than Jimmy, a little bit more athletic than Jimmy. But you're not, you. It's not on Jim uh, on Brock Purdy to win the game for them. They've got, you know, Debo Samuel. They've got uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they've got some other wide receivers. That I'm, I'm drawing a blank on their names. They got um, Greg Kittle's the tight end. They've like got Brandon Ayuk and yeah, those type guys. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They've got a very good defense. Um, and I think that defense can pretty much neutralize Seattle altogether. So will it be closer than I probably give it credit for? Yeah, because they're division rivals. But I think this is a this is a game that it shouldn't come down to quarterback play for the 49ers. I think they've got too many weapons. And so Brock Purdy just has to manage the game, execute the plays that are called by, you know, a very good offensive play caller, except for when he's in the, you know, big Super Bowl or something. But, um, you know. Or as a two-score lead in any game, really. Maybe you should talk to his dad. I don't know. You know, Get Mike on the sidelines with him. Maybe that would help. It probably would. But, um, but no, I, I don't think this game should come down to quarterback play in the fourth quarter. I, I think that if you want to look at that aspect, James, I would say look at it from the aspect of which quarterbacks, which quarterback makes fewer mistakes. Because mm-hmm. we've seen Geno Smith struggle as the Jets guy that they drafted and bounce around the league a little bit. Now he's been a career in a sense backup over there in Seattle. But then when Russell Wilson, the you know the team's all time leading passer, ends up in uh, in Denver, obviously he carried all that uh, those records he he made in Seattle. He took those with him to Denver. No, no, wait. I guess he left them in Seattle because Russell Wilson forgot how to throw the ball. I guess. Oh lordy. Uh, you gonna go there? Yeah, it was just terrible. I mean, he was <laughs> terrible there this year. I mean, they they needed a quarterback. They got a, a stud quarterback, and that's what happened. So, I, I just think this is a Forty ers game that they should win, and I don't think it should come down to Brock Purdy. I think it's going to come down to guys like getting Debo Samuel the ball, finding Greg Kittle across the middle or something, getting him involved early, and then Christian McCaffrey if he can stay healthy, um, which has always been kind of a knock on him, but he's back out in California where he started his college career. I mean, I really like the 49ers, 49ers to handle business. And then uh, as you look at Vikings-Giants, uh, the quick 30 seconds on that, a lot of people are going to put more pressure on Kirk Cousins than I think is deserved in that game. Well, then and we're gonna, and Kirk, a lot of it's going to depend on how he plays because there's some people saying if the Vikings lose at all that they need to be in search of a new quarterback. But he, my question would be, this is a what if, and it drives me nuts doing these. If the Vikings lose some type of 38-35 thriller where, yeah. let's say, New York marches down the field with Daniel Jones on an 80-yard drive in two minutes and scores on the Vikings mm-hmm. like right before time expires, but Kirk has 300 yards and three touchdowns and no picks, I, I don't know how you can blame Because there's been some games where he, he's taken the blame because they've lost, even though he's played really well, they just didn't, whatever reason, that last drive stalled out or something, or right. or they didn't get an opportunity, or whatever happened. And then there's been other games where he's had subpar performances, but they've won in years past by two scores, and, well, he's the savior because he made the big play when it was needed, and they forget about the two picks he had earlier in the game. Right, and I, I, Kirk Cousins, I mean, before he came to Minnesota, and he wasn't obviously had, didn't have as much offensive talent around him. Mm-hmm. 
his career record when he was a starting quarterback in Washington was basically 500. Yep. Okay. So if the Vikings were to lose that game tomorrow, I would think that more than likely the problem is that defense because you've pointed it out. They've had one of the worst-ranked defenses in yardage, points, whatever. I mean, their point differential is a negative going into the playoffs, and, and they're, they're a 13-win team. <laughs> so I wouldn't say that this this would be on Kirk Cousins, but I know how fans are, and I know how they— Unless he has just a horrendous— Three interception, two hundred yard performance. Yeah, I mean, if he gets pressured by that Giants front four and he makes some mistakes and he throws the ball into double coverage and gets a bunch of uh, picks thrown, yeah, there will be some hate on Kirk Cousins. But technically, do you need to move on from Kirk Cousins? I mean, I think he's producing at such a high level that I think you need to fix some things around him because this year, I think the one of the biggest differences for your team was the fact that the the offensive line was solid, and that fixes a lot of things because. We've talked about this time and time again. You got Justin Jefferson. You got Adam Thielen. You got KJ Osborne in the slot. Now you don't have just one tight end. You've got two good tight ends. You got uh, mm-hmm. Irv Smith and you've got TJ Hawkinson. You've got running backs where you've got, you're going to have a decision in the offseason as to which uh, running back are you going to keep because Matson's going to want to get paid. And then, of course, you still got Dalvin Cook. So he's got all of the talent to make the, make plays happen. I, I think the problem with the Vikings this season has been that defense. But for the most part, they've done enough that Kirk Cousins on an offense can go in and get a last-second touchdown, a last-second field goal to win the game. Definitely. And with 60 seconds to go in this segment, a game you probably don't want to talk about, but your Bucks and the Cowboys. <sighs> yeah. What does the, in 20 seconds or so, what does the Bucks' offensive line look like? Because you know if they're not healthy, that's where the, the Cowboys would have an advantage, would be bringing pressure at any any point right. of the Bucks offense, well, you got to worry about Micah Parsons. Um, yeah, I think that yeah, the Vikings know about I him. I haven't Goodness. looked at their injury reports this week because I'm trying to not to get stressed out about it. But uh, I believe that they had their best participation in a long time, so they might be getting healthy at the right time. Uh, I think Tristan Wirfs is healthy. Donovan Smith should be there. They're still going to start Robert Haynes at center. So some inexperience there, not quite the depth that they had the last two seasons, but. I don't know. I just, I mean, I don't particularly have a good feeling about it, I guess. We're, we're heading to break. We come back. The MLB is officially putting an electronic strike zone in all AAA ball clubs, ballparks. What does that mean? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Flag Sports Saturday. I know... I'm going to be probably a lot more passionate about this than you are, Jays. Oh, really? As well, we come actually, back to flag sports. Shatter. I mean, you're the baseball guy, so yeah, makes sense. I, I'm going to let you know right now. As watch, I bet you Ty jumps up in the newsroom when I say this. Yeah, he's looking at you. Watching what when I get done with this conversation, I'm going to need myself a case of Michelobaltra. <laughs> like it, just full out. I'm going to have my own. I'll get you guys your own. Okay, so you can you can share whatever. But nice. I need my own after this because. Okay. I get, I get what they're trying to do. Do you? They're they're experimenting with in all AAA ballparks this year, twenty twenty three. They're they're going to have electronic strike zones, essentially robotic strike zones to try and. I get it. You're trying to get the the human element right of, of mistake out of a strike zone because you'll see at times, especially with today's technology, whether you're watching a game on, you're you're. Well, not Fox Sports. I mean, your Bally Sports, um, your local channel, whether it's Bally Sports North with Dick Bramer and Justin Morneau and the crew for the Twins, or your Bally Sports uh, Milwaukee or whatnot, Wisconsin, whatever they call it, or the Fox Sports what if Saturday I live on the, game, what if ESPN. I live, what if I live on the West Coast, James? Whatever they got. I don't know. That's that's their problem That's to not the out. point of the story, James. 
they they all have those strike zone. Yes, those, they do. The, the virtual ones when you watch on TV where they'll go go and, and kind of diagnose it and they do the, the, three, the 3D term and, and you'll see, well, the way the baseball came across, when it crossed the plate, which is where it's, it's, it's supposed to be yeah. called at that point, it maybe was off the plate. It never touched the zone, but it was, mm-hmm. a, let's say, an off-speed pitch, a slider, a cut fastball that has movement. The catcher catches it, though, and it looks like it was a strike. Yeah. Or vice versa, when it was crossing the plate, it was half the baseball was over the plate, and then when it, it, they caught it, they had to frame it, quote-unquote, and bring it back in, into the plate to try and get the umpire to, to agree with them and, yep. and to see it the way that they did. They're trying to eliminate those type things. My, my biggest question is with it, though, is one, I get it, you want to, I really do get you want to eliminate the human error in that aspect. But human error is part of sports. If you're a sports fan, you know that while there are, mis, there are calls that are missed, especially when we watch football, there are calls that are missed, and you're like, how do you miss that? And they're able to go back and change it. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes they let plays play out because it's a turnover, then they can go back and change and it. And the reasoning for that right. would be it's you're not going to review every pitch that somebody has an issue with, right? We've it, seen managers yeah. countless times be ejected for it. But if, when, when you look, but if you're doing this and having all of the balls and strikes called this way, mm-hmm. I mean, is now you're going to have a home plate umpire that is essentially just a, an innocent bystander. Well, no, he's going to end up. He's going to be. He's going to be. He's going to be like um, the first and second and third base umpires. They, yeah, they're going to so call they, plays. They got to the yell plate. at somebody, and the robot's not going to give the reaction that they want. Well, how are they doing the the, the balls and strikes? Is there just a so a, that a green, what, is there a green light behind them for? For a strike and a red for a ball. I mean, how? I don't know. Maybe if there's like there's some signal that gives the the umpire, so he'll you know he'll go with his right hand and go strike, or if he just you know stays back and oh ball or anything. I don't know. The question is because you know your written, your unwritten rules, whatever you want to call them for baseball. If that baseball when it crosses a plate at any point is over the strike zone, even if you're talking about a couple of threads of of the stitching. That's a strike, right? And that's where so many people have issues. Well, that was a strike because it was it was for my team pitching. But then when they're batting, well, that wasn't a strike. Are you kidding me? That's so far outside. You can't. I can't even believe it. Mm-hmm. And TV makes it so easy nowadays for you to be to look at that and go, "I knew I was right. I knew they were wrong." And and to, to do that with these robot umpires because they are a hundred percent. Not foolproof at this point. That's why no. they're they're doing the the testing. That's why the big leagues are not picking them up at, at this moment. I'm not a fan because now you're subject to whoever essentially is, I suppose, tuning whether they're individual before games or they're all under one system or however it works. I get you're probably going to eliminate a pitch that's four or five inches. You know, a really bad strike call that are very rare mm-hmm. where it was. You know the the, the height of a baseball, two and a half, three inches, whatnot, right. over the plate on a fastball. That won't be a strike anymore. But you're going to have just as much controversy depending on how these things are tuned up, depending on if they're all on one big motherboard server or if it's tuned up in each individual stadium, however that works. You're still going to have the same controversies. It's just we're going to be yelling now at technology instead of a person. How is it? How are they going to do it? Because I know there's always been the the rule uh, as to what the strike zone is, and obviously it's going to vary based on the size of the individual. Uh, because obviously you've got uh, what's his name, Jose Altuve from uh, uh, the Astros. It's like you know my daughter's five foot six, five seven, yeah. somewhere in there. He's a little dude, and then you've got other guys that are six Aaron foot three, Judge six four, that yeah. are six nine, six eight. 
Is six, he really eight? that big? Six eight with his cleats on, maybe. Uh, maybe I'm giving him wow. a little bit. But That's he's like six seven, that. six eight. He's ginormous. But I mean, how are, are, is is there a specific rule in the rule book that says from um, chest high to belt high, or I mean, is there something that they're going to be able to fine tune that strike zone? And that's part of it too, where you or, get those controversies. Or what about uh, how uh, how wiffle ball works? There's just that little thing behind the batter that's a square, and mm-hmm. if that ball hits that, it's a strike. So I mean, because obviously with wiffle ball, they can put a really really nasty curve on it. So that that little setup that they have to hit to get it as a strike that doesn't change. So is 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 this uh, electronic strike zone like that where it just it stays there and it's not dependent upon the player that's at the at the plate? Yeah. It, Come on, I want details. Spit it out. So, well, you're, you're not going to go <laughs> wiffle ball if that's what you're trying to. I, I'm trying wondering to ask if me. The, I'm wondering if the strike zone if if they adjust it. And that's and that's visually. part of what people have issues with is when it comes to an umpire when you have a guy who is six foot five or, or a guy that's five foot eight and if they stand straight up vertical or if they bend their knees a bit it'll change the zone a little bit mm-hmm. and that's subject to essentially the angle of the umpire so how is the robotic zone going to fix that because are, are they going to be able to adjust it batter by batter that's what i was wondering I mean, it, so i guess i guess ty in the newsroom has breaking news uh, as far as this topic goes i wouldn't say breaking news but i have a comment <laughs> okay so Sports I guess the, the only thing, and this is the one thing I can contribute to this conversation, is if it's 1% better than a human umpire, then it's better. <laughs> I mean, well, that's ser- not I mean, controversial. Come on. <laughs> but, like, seriously, though, right? If it's 1% hey, if better. if it's just 1% better than yesterday, it's better. That's all you know, that matters. But, like, seriously, though, if, if, the, if the controversy is that it's a, it's a robot umpire, all you need is to be 1% better, and then there you go. That's the, all you need the to The bosses, do. Steve and Scott, are listening right now. They are just, they are jumping for joy, the fact that Ty just... On air said one percent better. One percent. <laughs> that that 1% is the team motto, day, and I, I, I love it. I love the team motto. They are jumping for joy, going. We finally got him. Ty finally fessed up to one percent better. <laughs> we got him where we want him. Even a half percent. Like it. it, oh, it was, no, even, now we're, now we're cutting even, it out. Even point zero 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 one percent better is better. Because all you really need is the is the robot umpire to be better, and people go might go on your side. Because that's really what we need to do here. They will game, right? until there's a call against their team, yeah. and then we're back to the same square one where they're getting screwed over now by a robot instead of a person. <laughs> and I, I, I kid you not, this will not take till the end of opening day for somebody to do that on and AAA. I promise on that opening day night for on Sports Center at the ten o'clock with Scott Van Pelt eleven whatever. He, it, it's going to happen. We need to go to break. That we come back. Mike Benson, West Fargo Girls basketball head coach to talk about their season. You're listening to Flag Sports Saturday.